Channel 4 Studios in Dallas and Fort Worth. This is News 4 Texas at 6. Well, the people in Minnesota sure feel like they've been victims of crime. We have stolen their hockey team. Hello and welcome to the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. This podcast will go into detail the Norm Green curse and Minnesota sports failures since 1992. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back to the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. I am your host, Jay Rhodes, and we've got, as always, my co-host, Froves. How you doing, Froves? Hey, another day of the dollar. Yeah, it's great time for sports. we got Olympics going on. we got... Playoffs coming up for sports. We've got everything going. We got Super Bowl coming up. It's it's just great time for sports fans. Yeah, this is a good time to be watching sports. Besides the fact of there was a little break where there was like two days where all there was was basketball going on before the Olympics started. And it was kind of rough, but I'm I'm excited for this full swing. February is now going to be full of hockey because of all the games they have to remake. So this is going to be a good time. Definitely excited for this month of sports. Well, we don't just have it full of hockey because of the games that need to be made up, but we also have full hockey because we have a ton of these Olympic games going on too, which uh, I know the NHL is not playing in the Olympics for men's, but man, these college kids and these amateurs, they're going to put on a show. It's going to be great hockey to watch. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be good. Um, the women are definitely doing what they're supposed to be doing. Canada and USA are already dominating the entire field, so we can pretty much just get them ready for a gold medal game for that again. So that's going to be fun for the women too. We can always hope. You know, you never know when it comes to these tournaments, man. You have one bad game and something goes south like we've seen it happen to canada we've seen it happen to the united states it's that's what makes the tournament so fun it's one and you're done so yeah that's that's why they play the games but uh the way that they look today against the russian olympic committee not the olympic athletes from russia um they changed their name more than prince does but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah the uh the russian olympic committee um, they beat them five nothing, and I think they outshot them like oh, it had to have been like forty to ten or something like that. It was, it was pretty bad. I didn't see the number of shots, but I watched the game, and it was just rough. Like yeah. for, for the Russians, I mean, yeah. fantastic for the Americans, but rough yeah. for the Russians. Yeah, that Russian goalie was good, but she she took a lot of shots. There's no not much you can do after that. Yeah, no, it's it's. You do what you can do. Like I, I and I felt bad for her. And like I do all these Olympic athletes to an extent because I mean, I'm not gonna feel too bad for you when my team's beating you. But like that Russian goaltender like had tears in her eyes, like on the bench when she got pulled. And it was like Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're not getting any help. So it's I understand. Yeah, and you have to go back to Russia, so who knows how what the how's that gonna go? She gets to hang out with uh what's his face? Uh Yefneni Ivekov or whatever his name is that they locked up for opposing. Oh yeah. 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 So she'll be sharing a cell with him. I'm sure. Um, hanging out and talking about the good old days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember when there was communism and everything was fine. And 
now it's not so not so well here. <laughs> okay, I don't support communism. Sorry. Just... <laughs> Neither do us. Neither <laughs> the Norm Green Still do... Sucks podcast does not endorse communism. <laughs> we could even if you got if you need proof, we'll change it to the communist still sucks podcast too. Like we can yeah. do it all. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll create a new profile picture within the hour. I mean, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen our Twitter lately, um, my latest post was a new Norm Green Still Sucks profile picture. How and it was it was the USA USA hockey jersey, and the tweet went out that we uh, we have more profile pictures than followers. So you guys need to change that. We need some more followers on the podcast. We need more listeners. We need more revenue. We're gonna start making money off this thing, and I'm gonna retire at the grand old age of 38. So let's do it, guys. So let's start with your the profile pictures for our account because one of them. Uh, it, definitely very much impacts Minnesota sports. And it was, uh, I mean, your profile picture, not necessarily, but the reason for your profile or for our profile picture impacted Minnesota sports, not the actual one, but the fact of what it was, it was uh, a little, a little situation where our buddy Adam Scheffner told us we were getting a certain coach. And uh, let's talk about how that went. Okay. Where do we start on this? Um, we have a lot to talk about. We have not been on um, since this whole coaching and GM search has begun. So I think we should start from the beginning. I think we should start from the GM search. Okay. Okay. So I actually had this ready for whenever we were going to go. I didn't know if we were going to go sooner or later, but it was ready to go. So we had quite a few GM candidates. We had Brandon Brown from the Eagles, Ryan Poles from the Chiefs, Glenn Cook from the Browns, a female, Catherine Reich from the Eagles, VP of Football Operations. John Spytek for the Bucks, which is an awesome name. Like, I would have taken him just on the name. Um, then from the Browns, we have Kwesi Adolfo Menza. We have Elliot Wolf from the Patriots and Monty Austinfort from the Titans. And they ended up going with our guy Cam, which I am a full Cam believer in Cam I trust. Quisi Adolfo Mensa from Cleveland. What do you think about the pick for the GM? So uh, I love it. Let me start with that. But I, I really, I cannot continue without speaking about the list you just gave. Because why on earth were there two Eagles representatives in this search? Like the Eagles have a terrible quarterback. That team is garbage on so many levels. Why on earth were that like anyone even part of that or that organization has gone to hell since they've won the Super Bowl? Why were they even a part of the conversation? Yeah, director of player personnel and VP of football operations. Um, unless they started two days after the season was over, they were a failure for the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Yeah, just no thanks. Period. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not going to be picking like we wouldn't we weren't searching for anybody from the Jaguars or the Jets like they're not doing good like there's nobody on that staff i mean there may be one or two but there's really nobody on that staff that's a elite football mind and you can make arguments that the browns uh, have not lived up to potential but they have potential like they were built to have potential the for eagles sure. don't have potential like no the browns competed in a very tough division a Absolutely. very tough division especially seeing what's happened so far in the super bowl well, and the so, quarterback got hurt like yeah there's no way mayfield was near 100% for the last 
at least like four or five weeks of the season. So, and in a bad way, like not in a way that, oh, he's sore. No, he messed up shoulder with a shoulder brace on. Like that's not easy to play quarterback with on your throwing arm. Yeah, for sure. It's that's where I go with that. Like that list boggles my mind, but back to your original question. I love the pick. Um, As any football guy, I do get a little nervous that he's a little uh, more of the uh, analytics guy because I I really don't care for that. However, I like it still. I I think the guy's got football head. I think he's got football smarts. Um, I hope the analytics don't get in his way at any point, but I I think he's a good pick, and I I like the signing overall. I, I absolutely love the signing, actually. For sure. Before I even say into what I'm going to do, I'm going to do my first cheers, and that's going to go to the Vikings GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Cheers to you, buddy. Bring it to us. There we go. Cheers. Oh, that tastes good. Okay. So, coffee. Cam. Yeah, good coffee. <laughs> Some good Gatorade. Mm, I love Gatorade. Mm. <laughs> All right, Cam. Let's get in the Cam is. Part. Cam is analytics. Cam is Moneyball. Cam, it, well, we've already talked about Moneyball on this podcast too. So yeah. Cam is Moneyball, and Moneyball wins. And Cam yeah. is young. Not Cam is not in the movie, but they, uh, yeah. When have they won? I don't know when Moneyball's won yet. <laughs> well, this is football. This is different. So let's go with that. <laughs> when have they won football? <laughs> so. There's, there hasn't been a movie called Moneyball about football, so it, there will be, and this one, this team's going to win this time. Okay. <laughs> take that baseball stuff. Okay. So analytics, Moneyball, we got a young, fresh mind that is not in the NFL hierarchy of somebody's friend of somebody's friend of somebody's friend of some old rich guy. So I love this in the complete opposite comparison to Slick Rick. For GM. I also love it because he is coming from an amazing coaching tree. Amazing coaching tree. Probably one of the biggest coaching trees in the NFL right now, um, besides Bill Belichick. He's coming out of the Harbaugh School. And the Harbaugh School is bringing us, you know, the Packers coach. We've got the offensive coordinator in L.A., and you could probably name three or four others that came through from that those organizations. And I don't see a bad thing coming out of it. I mean, you never know, but I, I, it's promising, and I think it's going to be a good change for this organization. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the change when I actually see him make an effort at quarterback. And I'm not talking about an effort to, like, Keep Kirk Cousins, and I'm not saying I want Kirk Cousins to go, but I'm talking about an effort like you actually look in this draft, not necessarily this one, but maybe next year's. Probably not this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's this coming out pretty rough. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, make an effort to go get a young guy. Like, out of the draft, where it, it's not necessarily that I think they're always the best, but damn, we have missed a lot, and. Our last guy, Rick Spielman, like he didn't care to get a quarterback in the draft. Like if he did, he's like late round or second round. Where yeah, and Ziggy was not move up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, teams have moved up. Like the Kansas City Chiefs moved up. They got Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers moved up and got Justin Herbert. Like 
why can't we be those guys? Like the Patriots moved up, and who'd they get? Mac Jones, who made the yeah, playoffs. Who we who we could have got. Yep, exactly. Who we could have got. So right there, because completely shows. I mean, we had Kirk, so we probably weren't going to move up. But the opportunity was there, and well, Spielman and did not you, take that. But just because you have Kirk does not mean that you can't move up. Like correct, you get that guy. Let him sit for a year. I mean, Kurt's not lasting forever. No, Kurt's especially not winning since you Super Bowls yet. So yeah, for sure. And especially right. since PA dropped that bomb just the other day. Did you hear about that? No. That the LA Rams were in talks with the Vikings to trade um, Jared Goff for Kirk Cousins before they traded to Stafford. I wouldn't have taken that anyways. <laughs> no, but there was there was talks about it. So it's like they were still they weren't hooked on keeping cousins no matter what. There was talks out there. Yeah, I it's I'm happy we've moved on from that. Like basically in my mind it's anything's better. I've heard that uh our new guy what I I have issues saying his name. What's your nickname for him? Cam. Cam. Okay. Yep, it's great. We got Cat, we got Cam. I like it. Okay, so Cam, like from what I've heard from him, he wants everyone included in his decisions, which makes me extremely happy because from my understanding, the past regime, it's pretty much Rick's way. Like Rick kind of had the reins and whatever Rick wanted to do, like you had some opinions, but Rick was going to be making the decision. He actually give two craps about your opinion. Um Spielman also was the one who I feel like really mishandled Adrian Peterson's situation, um, which I know is a sore, sore thing for all Minnesotans to even think about. And because uh, everyone wants to pretend that Adrian Peterson's this uh, optimal figure of the Minnesota community. He's not even in the Minnesota community. He never was like, and the dude, did what he did. We all know what he did. So I think he mishandled that. I think he mishandled uh, a lot of situations that came his way. So I'm just happy to be on from Rick Spielman. That's, I guess, my biggest thing. And I'm really happy to have a fresh face. And what I know of this guy is that he's a guy who loved football like from day one. He just knew he wasn't the guy who could play it necessarily. So he just dove into it a different way. He got a great education. And uh, yeah, I mean, can't underscore. I'm really excited about our uh, our new GM. For all of the years that we had Rick Spielman, and for all of the episodes that we have recorded among the Vikings' failures since Norm Green, we could probably scratch out Norm Green and put Rick Spielman in there instead too, and you'd still have the same same problems with the Vikings organization. Like all of the stuff that's went down, for the most part, Spielman was in. Yeah, the only problem is is the basis of the podcast is that Spielman happened because of Norm Green. So yeah, no, exactly. Norm Green came first, so because of Norm Green, we got Rick Spielman as the GM. So exactly, and and for some reason, we're lifting the curse now with getting Cam. So we're trying, trying. It's it's an effort. See what happens. Um, but as far as GM goes, like that was a good choice. Um. This, however, may have been my second choice for general manager. Triple H is Stephanie McMahon out of power. No more authority to run the show. Wait a minute. 
Oh, no, that's, sound, that's sound can't be. headaches. Yeah, it does. You, th- you think? Do I think? What do you mean? <laughs> Please tell me this is some sort of sick it can't joke. Be. Can I have your attention, please? Oh, no. I, I just received an email from the anonymous Raw General Manager. Because they, so, yeah, Keenan McCardell. So, oh, yeah. like, Jefferson and other wide receivers, young wide receivers, said they wanted to keep Keenan McCardell. And they just brought him in, too, because he was brought in kind of to help out, uh, What's his face that we got from? I can't remember. I'm I'm drinking a blanking a drink right now. I don't know. I okay. just know he came in last year, and I know Jefferson loved working with him, and then so the other wide receivers, and they pretty much said that they won't be happy if he has to go. So if you have your players asking for guys, and then Harbaugh's like, "No, it's going to be my way or the highway," like in his interview. Like, I'm getting my people. Like, I'm getting the people I want in here. That might be where Cam is like, well, you know, it's not necessarily – we need some flexibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cam comes into it saying that he's going to make sure that he's open to everybody, and I'm sure he would want a head coach to be the same. Right. So, you know, I, I so. think – Because it was – it's very odd when a, a wide receiver of Justin Jefferson's stature comes out and says, this guy needs to stay. Like, we know coaches are changing, but this guy we need to keep. Yeah. And you're going to – like, I, I think you have to keep that in mind when you're a GM. And I think that they did, actually. I do think that GM thought about that and Cam thought about, like, what the players want and heart the coach from Michigan. I'll say his name, Harbaugh. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we didn't no. offer him. Like, it's not like he turned us down. No. But we said no to him. Yeah. I don't think he was. And this is notorious of him from everything I've heard from everyone that reports on San Francisco and anywhere he's been. Like, it's his way or the highway. And I do not think that that's what Cam wanted. Yeah, there's a reason that Dallas is having troubles finding a good head coach is because they can't control the team because it's all Jerry. Right. And it's the opposite way around for this. It's all Jim. Jim does it the way he wants to, no matter what. And it apparently sees if it gets tough and things are difficult for him, he'll just leave. So I don't want that. I want a coach that needs to prove himself. I need a coach that is still young in the league. I need a coach that wants to actually do some things and do some, you know, out of the box type of things. And I don't know, maybe we can finally see Kirk Cousins full potential with a head coach and a GM that want to work together for once and want to work on making this team and quarterback better. Let's see. That's because that could have been the whole problem. I mean, cause you've seen, you've seen this season. Kirk Cousins had some amazing games this season. He played lights out against the Panthers. He played lights out against the Seahawks. He played really good against the Bengals. But you know what? What happened is our coaches took their foot off the gas in the second half of every single goddamn game of the season, and most of them we lost. See, I because if he played, if he played the first half, like if he played the second half, like he played the first half we probably would have had four losses on the season and we would have been breaking offensive records. So I can. And teams can turn it on too. Like, it's not like something like, 
while nobody really has the same second half as the first half, there's some pretty high-powered offensive teams that can do that. And I've seen a lot of teams that can do that, and they're in the playoffs right now, and they're going for a Super Bowl. Well, here's where I have issues. Like, I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with any part of what you're saying, actually. Like, but I do have issue blaming any of this past season on the offense. If they scored, I think there's only a couple games. Like, and you can check me on this because I I don't have the stats in front of me. But there was like two or three games that we didn't score thirty points. You should be winning those games. Yeah. In all reality. Like, I know we scored them early, but regardless, you score that many points, you should win. And I do agree with you what you're saying as far as, like, this is where I, like, I wouldn't harp sound on the train. Like, they were, we couldn't continue to do it. Like, second half, we stopped doing it unless we needed it. Then all of a sudden, when we needed it, then we <laughs> yeah. come, like it turned was, it on. Yep. It was just play mismanagement was terrible, but like it's play I don't, calling. It's one hundred percent play calling, which but, I can't blame the quarterback for play calling if he can't control the plays, which Zimmer said where, that he doesn't control the plays. And that's exactly where I can like that's why I don't like to see or hear or even talk about getting the most out of cousins. Cousins was fantastic this year. Like if yeah. you look at the numbers, like fantastic. He did just it was there was a maybe, lot of coaching issues as far as play call. You're maybe 100% not right on that. Yeah, maybe not getting the most out of him is a bad term. Maybe unleashing him, maybe giving him the full playbook. I don't know. I think it's just choice play call. Like I, I think, think it's play calls. I think it's literally play call. You give him a good play, he's going to throw it to Jefferson, and Jefferson's going to score. You give him a horseshit play, and he's going to get troubled with. You know, because he doesn't have much time to throw the ball. And that's well, on the line, and that's on drafting, and that's on your GM. It's, it's also because you sit there and you run the ball on second and long every more times than every play. Any team in the NFL has ever done it. Yep. They know what's coming. Third and nine. Third and nine. That was our biggest play of the year, was third and nine. Every single down, yeah. every single drive, third and nine. And you put your quarterback in that situation, they're asking him to fail. And honestly, he didn't fail that much. But, and then you look at teams like Kansas City, and you look at teams like the Bengals, and you look at teams like the Rams. I can't tell you how many third downs they had because they probably got first downs on first and second every single drive. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's just uh, – I watched the Buccaneers a lot this season. Obviously, a big Tom Brady fan here. But they, they were on third down so many times when it was third down three. It was almost always third down and three. Yep. Like, that's an that's easier a, down to get. Like, yeah, that's that's a manageable third down. That's a quick out with an option to go deep if you're at the right part of the field because then you could go for it on fourth down. Like, yep. that's like a good down. That's a free down. But, yeah, I I don't know. I hope, I hope Kevin O'Connell is going to be the breath of fresh air and the right guy for the job and – lead us to the promised land and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, I still feel more confident going into next year with these changes than I did last year. I'm going to see how we draft. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, but like, I'm still hesitant. Yeah. But I don't care if we go 
nine and seven for the next 12 years, if we don't make it to an NFC championship in 10 years, it's not worth it. No. Like I would rather, I would rather try and be like four and 13 and have a chance at maybe getting a good team and going to the Super Bowl than just be middle of the pack for the rest of my life. I'm willing to bail out somewhat early too. Like if we don't see something early with this coach, I'm okay with bailing out early because mm-hmm. the team is there. Yep. You have the a quarterback that can play. Yep. Like you have the wide receivers. Offensive line is shaky at best. That we should need to get figured out. And that's where Cam comes in. He needs to get that shit figured out. Um, defense, they have the players. They just need someone to actually, I don't know, coach. Like, I don't know. It, it, I don't see why they've been so bad. I don't understand that part of it. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot but, of injuries. Yeah. If, if you go two years, three years, and it's not there, like you can just tell it's not there, it's bail. Yeah. And it's not a rebuild if you just get a new coach. Right. So it's just, it's a restart. They need to lock up Jefferson as soon as they get the opportunity, though. For sure. And then you talk Kirk Cousins. If he's going to be the dude, hey, man, we're going to need a hometown discount from you because we can't afford you. And not many teams make the Super Bowl if they have a quarterback that's over 15% of their cap space. That's analytics, and I'm sure Cam knows that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just common sense, too. Like, the teams that are winning most of the time, most of the time, not all the time. Yeah, have, not Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, but most of the time they, they have that young, like that f- quarterback that's on the younger contract. Like, I don't know if he'll be that way this year. Like we can get into that later as far as uh, the Super Bowl and our Super Bowl predictions and everything. And by the time, actually this will probably air before that, before the actual Super Bowl. So everyone will have us on record, but yeah, for sure. So I won't get into that too much yet, but it's kind of that way is what we're looking at in this Super Bowl. It's just going to be a little different just because it's so new for, uh, for the Bengals. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times these young quarterbacks that overperform or perform great, like they're not making a ton of money. So they're not taking much cap. So it's, it's been the key to a lot of success. The NFL sans to Tom Brady, of course. <laughs> like Yeah. But Tom Brady walks in the room once every 200 years. So well, and Tom you, Brady, you can't, you can't Tom bank Brady on having a Tom less Brady money. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's so. If you want to start on the next topic, or if you have more to say, I'm going to do what uh, all of us here at the Norm Green Podcast do. Norm still sucks podcast. Is I'm going to go get our beer. So I'll be right back. I think you should do that. And while he's doing that, I'm going to talk about the beer that I'm actually drinking right now. It is from the Mankato Brewery, and it is called. Hockey Day Minnesota beer. Cross-check pills. It is 5% alcohol by volume, 10 IBUs, crisp and smooth. Now, the cross-check pills is a Czech-style pilsner, which is a little bit hoppy, not much, but it's not like a full German-style beer. It's got a little bit of taste to it, a little bit of sweetness to it, um, and I like it. I think it's a pretty damn good beer. I tried it first, of course, at Hockey Day Minnesota Mankato 2022 in Mankato um, while it was 
not as cold as the winter classic that I was at. It was almost as cold and it was snowing. So it was a, it was a fun time to be outside in hockey for both of those times. Yeah. My daughter's school actually got to whoop our, our uh, alma mater's ass. So yeah. Uh, Prior Lake high school. Um, you got a good hockey team. That top line is outstanding. Your captain is absolutely going to be a great hockey player. I mean, I could see him in the show. It's high school, so who knows? You never know. Um, and he is going to, I think, New Hampshire, which I'm very confused about. But good luck to you. Maybe uh, you go to New Hampshire for a year and then come back to uh, the the great University of North Dakota and win a national championship there. Yeah, it, it was – my daughter going to like in the future will be going to Prior Lake High School. Um, I live in Prior Lake Savage, and man, I I was impressed by their performance. I honestly went into that thinking East Grand Forks was going to whoop their ass. Like even though Prior Lake's double A and East Grand Forks is single A, East Grand Forks always gives double A teams an issue. Not that day. Like it's no, they Prior came Lake to play. was there to play. Yep. It yeah. was I was impressed. It gave me a new respect for Prior Lake's hockey team. Um and bright future for them. It from my understanding. Like I've talked to a few people in Prior Lake and that that team is going nowhere but up. So Yeah, really they, awesome. they their team if they can make it through their section, they will be a tough seed to play in the state tournament. Yep. It's just that's the hardest thing. Is like some of these sections, they're so stacked. It's so tough to get out of sections sometimes, and we know it. How it took us forever to beat Warroad, and then we did, and it took a gazillion overtimes. But then we finally made it to states, and then we became a powerhouse. Uh, yeah, on the game that I called the exact score at the very beginning <laughs> yeah. of the game, and even the exact amount of overtimes. <laughs> Oh, one of the best hockey games I've ever attended in my life was a high school hockey game. <laughs> one of the greatest, greatest sports calls I've ever made in my yeah. life. <laughs> Beginning of the game, we're up in the bleachers. Yeah. And I say, it's yeah. going to be 5-4 double overtime. Yeah. That's exactly back, how it ended. <laughs> back when we peaked in eighth grade. Yep, eighth grade. Yep. <laughs> Lost so much money on gambling now. That probably gave me false confidence is what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you started out you started on a heater and you're just like, I gotta ride you gotta ride the heater. Of course. <laughs> still still going off that moment, chasing that dragon still. Who did Vegas think of that moment? <laughs> yeah. I drove all the way down to Iowa and did a four-team parlay for twenty-eight thousand dollars because of that. <laughs> I lost. I only lost like a hundred bucks, but I was trying to win twenty eight thousand, so <laughs> might as well do it. But yeah, why don't uh, why don't we pivot to that? Actually, that's kind of a good area to go into. Is uh, let's talk about Winter Classic because uh, we haven't talked about that. Also, uh, the Minnesota Day Hockey. Okay, so let's start into that. Let's go into the Winter Classic. When you last left us on the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. We told you that we had a surprise. Okay, you're, you probably even forgot about this by now, Froms, right? So we said that we had I a wish surprise. I forgot about it. I know, right? <laughs> so, okay, so the surprise didn't happen. Shocker, because it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I'm going to play the exact audio that we had when we went off the air last time. When I told Froves, because he had no fucking clue what was going on. When I told Froves what the surprise was going to be, that we were going to have an 
interview done with a special player during the Winter Classic. And let me play this for you real quick. We'll see what happens. Make sure – see if it goes through. All right. You want to know the surprise? What was the surprise? Mike fucking Madonna. No fucking way. Mike no fucking, fucking way. Madonna. No fucking way. You got me Mike Madonna. So the like, guy that appeared in Mighty Ducks. Okay. So – Let's Man, go ahead and listen like, to yeah. that audio. I love that the first thing out of your mouth isn't the guy who played for the Door Stars. It's <laughs> yeah. the guy who was in the Mighty Ducks. The guy who was on the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, for this is Minnesota Priorities. This is Minnesota Priorities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to meet the guy who was on Mighty Ducks. It's like, no fucking way. Okay, so we had a shot to interview Mike Modano. And when I say shot, like as it was getting closer to the Winter Classic, it was a legit shot. I had a friend of mine that was bringing him in for the Winter Classic. He was going to do an appearance. He was going to do like the NHL, whatever, fan fest thing, do an appearance there. But before that, he was going to be at the poorhouse doing a meet and greet. And during that meet and greet, we were going to be able to sit with him while he was doing the meet and greet and interview him. So we were going to get, like, I got all this stuff ready. Like, I went to freaking Walmart and Best Buy, and I bought some stuff for audio recording so we could do it, like, multiple people and all this stuff and, you know, whatnot. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And we're getting closer to the game, closer to the game, closer to the game. And then game time comes, and I get a text saying, Mike can't make it. Oh, that's not good. So, like, he can't make the appearance or whatever. No, Mike can't make it to Minnesota, period, for the Winter Classic. I was like, oh, that's fun. And that's the last I heard about it. So I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if it was travel issues or if it was just too cold for Mike Madonna or if he got COVID or who knows. But whatever it was, he had to cancel his meet and greet at the poorhouse and he had to cancel his appearance with the NHL at the Winter Classic festivities. So um, I'm sorry to all you guys for this you know, announcement that we can't do it, but – it was going to be awesome. I'm not going to lie. It was going to be a fun time, but uh, things just don't work out sometimes. Hey, and if and, anyone's listening that knows Mike Madonna that wants to forward this to him or we can get to him through Twitter, we'll do that. But, Mike, if you want to come on, we would love to ask you just a few questions. Not much not much out of your time. Yeah, it would be cool to still interview Mike. So if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, um, He's a big fan of the show, so <laughs> I'm sure you're listening. So just uh, just send me a direct message on Twitter, and we'll we'll, we'll have my people call your people, um, and we'll set up a time to do an interview in person or over the phone, whatever you want to do. That'd be pretty we'll because I'll fly to people, Dallas. So I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't have no people. You're eight. All you know is your parents. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it didn't work out, but whatever. Um, but I did get to go to the Winter Classic, and I froze my balls off. Not even kidding you. Um, so it was before you go too much into this. Before yeah. that, because we do cheers on on this show, we do need the cheers to Mike Madano because it's it's the Olympics right now, and Mike Madano, in my opinion and in my heart, is the number one USA Team USA hockey player. Of all time, he represented our country multiple times. Captain the team, like Mike to Mike Madano. Cheers team to USA. Mike Madano. Yeah, for sure. Cheers to Team USA. 
Okay, right. now go on Good with choice. how you almost lost a limb. Okay, I almost lost many limbs um, and phalanges and other appendages. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> use your imagination. Um, let's talk about the Winter Classic. So I got there somewhat early. I didn't get there super early because, let's face it, it was balls-ass cold out. Um, ended up going into the little fan fest thing. Check that out. It was kind of cool. Then I spent the rest of the time in the Truly Bar, which was pretty cool. And it was a little bit warmer because it was indoors. So I stayed there until game time. Got to the game. The line was bananas. It took me 45 minutes to get into Target Field at Section 34. I shit you not. And I got there like half an hour before the game started. So I got there. I got in as they were doing the national anthem. And it was because everyone was waiting to last minute to go in and everyone had 600 layers to include hand warmers, electric blankets, electric vests, electric gloves, heated gloves, everything like that. So like these poor security people didn't know what to do for people coming through. Like they're like they're coming through and everybody's setting off the damn x-ray because everybody has like 6,000 layers on to probably include metal. And they didn't turn them down low enough, I'm guessing. So they kept going off and they kept having to check people's stuff and then won them. And then, then you got to get your phone out to try to get your ticket, which you almost lost a finger just doing that because you couldn't do it with your gloves. And it was, it was just chaos to get in. But got in, got to my seats. I was up uh, second level by the right fall pole. And there was, a slight, there was a slight breeze there, so it got pretty miserable towards the second period. And I ended up finding some heaters um, right behind home plate that I could stand in. And I stood pretty much through the half the second and all the third to stay under a heater and watch the game. And St. Louis took it to us, and we didn't show up. Yeah, as far as the game's concerned, like, I don't want to go too much into the game because I, and this is this is where I could like just go into you on the game because you know I'm not the biggest wild fan. I don't think it's about that. It's the Winter Classic. It's not what it's about. Um, it's one game on the entire season. Whatever. Oh, for sure. And like, it is an absolute anomaly of a game outdoors being minus fifteen degrees out. Like you can't. Tell well, me that this this tells you what those two teams are. I was gonna Period. say don't 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 ask me to, don't push me because <laughs> being being someone who lives in Minnesota, I was a little embarrassed that the Minnesota team couldn't actually handle the cold. It seemed like, but yeah, we have some Minnesota teams, fans too. did. Yeah, but um, St. Louis fans did too. I was impressed with oh, them. Oh yeah, they I showed up a lot on television. Like they, they were loud. They cheered good. They weren't getting into fights. Like they weren't egging anybody on. Like it was a good atmosphere. Like a good, like good, ri- like friendly rivalry during that entire game. Yeah, like if that's that's more of what I wanted to get into. Is more of just like how well Minnesota put on the Winter Classic. Like so the, good. the the actual look of the entire stadium was amazing. Like they had the fake deer out in the outfield. Like. <laughs> The warming house, the the dock. Yeah, it was yeah I cool. mean, it was it was Minnesota as Minnesota could be. They were ice fishing. Like Minnesota, it was just... Minnesota's uniforms were sick. Yep. Like I, yeah. What was it? The backup goaltender, 
um, that unfortunately ended up having to play in that game for you guys. <laughs> yeah, because Talbot, Talbot got hurt. So he got yanked, but he was also hurt. So, yeah. Yeah, he deserved to get yanked regardless. For sure. But, man, that old school look with those jerseys, like, on yeah. that goaltender, I thought that was sick. Like, yeah, I don't know. the leather it, pads. Just yeah. everything looked cool on it. It was a cool winter classic, even though the game wasn't all that good. Like yeah. I said, that game's not necessarily about the game. It's no more about just the pageantry and everything. And Minnesota did a great job about that. Like, Target Field put on a great setting for that uh for that game i for sure and they showcase minnesota fans the minnesota fans showing up in the temple weather and packing <laughs> that stadium like it was awesome just like we got this we're, we're gonna fill this stadium no matter what yeah it's yep. it was impressive to see and they showcased hockey from all the way down from the youth all the way up to the pros including announcing yes. the u.s women's olympic team yeah they uh they did a good job they definitely uh made it made it right with what they should do for the first winter classic in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I had a little bit of screen because team USA is in, uh, currently competing in uh, snowboarding, which I do snowboard. I love snowboarding and uh, they just took the lead with uh, this last run. So it's pretty sweet, but yeah, I think I'm watching snowboarding too right now. Um, oh, let's, let's pivot to Olympics real quick. Okay. Doubles curling is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm still trying to get a whole grip on it. <laughs> it's it's new and it is so cool because it is yeah. like it's like three on three hockey because it's so like down to the wire. They start out with rocks in place, like it's it's intense. With that said, bad news tonight. Uh, Team USA did lose. Um. So that puts them kind of behind the eight ball in yep. mixed, the metal. mixed doubles yeah. or whatever. Or getting into the playoffs. They got to get to the playoffs. Once it's in playoffs, it's a new game. But Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so somber note on there. But with since I love that you brought up curling because that gets me to ask you in front of the five people that listen to us, if there's five people that listen to us. I mean, Jeremy's mom listens to us. Yes. But Shout out to mom because we forgot to last week. Yep. Um, shout Joe out mom. Hey, mom. Yep. <laughs> Joe, Joe, was, Joe was asking for new content, so we have to give the people what they want. So we're getting new content for Joe. Ashley typically listens to us, so... See, if you're one of our uh, with our supporters, <laughs> we give you love. <laughs> yeah, we're almost to five. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shout you out on the air. Just, you know, follow us and say hi. But I'll throw it out there. He's like, yeah. do you think you have time where you, we can actually go do some curling? Join I'm, the curling club? We've been trying to for, for how many years now? Five? Yeah, Four? I, had, I had a crazier schedule. Now I'm a little bit more settled in my schedule. Yours is a little bit more. Mine's still, mine. mine's still batshit crazy. Like mine still would be like. Yeah, but you have so much time off; it's ridiculous. Yeah, I have every other weekend off. So if you can find me a curling team that can go every other weekend, I'll be in for that. Oh but it no, doesn't. I'm not even saying <laughs> competing. Like, because we could just get the uh, if we're members, we could just go when we want to and like just curl, yeah. like hone our skills. Then, if we want to figure out a league, it's just a hundred bucks. <laughs> then, then, then we'll go to the league. <laughs> but like, it's just it's a hundred bucks per year, and then we just get to use the rink and the rocks and everything. We just go out there and have fun. Yeah, we could try. We'll see. 
So, so I'm not making a commitment on, on air. Nope, there's no commitment on air with this. <laughs> All right, I'd like anyone who does listen to us to get on uh, J-Rhodes, at J-Rhodes Real on Twitter and ride his ass to get this going. All right, guys, here's the, here's the thing. If I get, let's see, what day is it today? It is the 5th. If I get 10 more followers on Twitter by the 10th. No, because you're not releasing this tonight. I'll release it tomorrow. Okay, then you get to the 12th. <laughs> the 12th? <laughs> or what? I get a two-day buffer. All right, fine. So we'll go till the 12th. 10 followers by the 12th. That happens, then I'll definitely get a membership. It's not happening. You're just going to have to sack up and do it anyways. I'm just going to block like five people on Twitter and I'll make sure our numbers go down. <laughs> no big deal. I control the account. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. On the Olympic front, um, I've been loving watching the, the curling. Um, uh, they started a couple days before uh, opening ceremony. So I've been watching like pretty much since the very beginning because I love the Olympics. Watch the opening ceremony. Opening ceremony is great. Yeah, it was um, really cool. Yeah, I really thought like a lot of the, uh, and they all do this, but it amazes me all the time. Like just some of the graphics that they use, like on the ground, like where at the beginning it looked like there's just like they were walking over like waterfalls. Like it just was cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, opening ceremony is cool. I love that John Schuster was carrying the flag for the United States on as far as the mail. Yep. Like that was cool. It represented all of USA curling on this curling uh, tangent we've been on. This um, curling podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and it, if we record more during the Olympics, this will definitely be very much curling updates will be on it because I watch all of it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Team USA Hockey, uh, women's looked good. Yeah, what do you think? They are uh, they are looking good. They're definitely in contention for medals as always. Um, mm-hmm. and them in Canada, and then you know Finland's always weird. Um, China, like everybody keeps knocking because they're like, oh yeah, China hockey team. China has so many NCAA athletes on their team that are not Chinese born, but since they are probably playing in China, because China has a really big hockey program, especially women's. They have a lot of, they're like the KHL for women is if you're going, you know, if you're not going to be, you know, in the NWHL or the PWH or all the other professional leagues in North America, if you're not going to be there, you're going to play professional hockey in China. And Brian Eldalski is the head coach there. He's the old uh, University of North Dakota women's hockey coach. He is the coach of Team China. And he has, what, Max, I think, with him as one of his assistants. And he was an assistant at UND. Um, I think he's engaged or dating or married to Margot Miller, who played for UND. So there's some ties there. Um, there's three girls from Duluth that play for Duluth University that are on the Chinese national team. So they they could be competitive. I mean, you never know. Uh, I, I mean, the women's hockey team is a professional team in itself. So let's face it. Yeah, and Canada is the same thing. 
with Natalie I, Spooner and, you know, yeah. I don't care for, and I've seen this, it's not just hockey. I've seen it in Olympic basketball the same way. It's actually typically on the women's side where, like, essentially teams adopt these athletes that aren't going to make their own country's team. And I don't care for it. I really yeah. don't. Cause I've seen yeah. it in basketball. Like, Oh, well I get picked by my own team. So I'm going to go play for this country. Yeah. Like the I fifth best, the fifth best Kenyan marathon runner is now going for Japan national team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, and it, I mean, there is, a certain competitive balance that needs to be there because like team China women, all Chinese born Chinese citizens versus team USA would be a bloodbath. Team USA is uh, just an update as I watch it live. Um, Team USA is about to win a gold in this women's snowboarding event. And they're uh, up right now to see who gets that gold or if we can gold silver or if we only have one on the podium. So which one are you be... watching right now? Um, I am watching on NBC. Okay. So you're on the slope style. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm watching it too. I think it just had Jamie Anderson. Yeah. Jamie. Coming well, through. Okay. Yep. Yep. And you're ahead of me. So give me a second. So, cause I watch streaming, you have cable. Yeah. <laughs> so give me a second to watch her run. I mean, regardless, we have gold. Oh, and we're gonna have gold. That's about it, because yep. Jamie Anderson went down. So yeah, she fell. But hey, we got gold still. That's as long as we're winning gold and snowboarding. That's we invented the sport. So <laughs> exactly, if we if we don't come away from gold and snowboarding, there's a problem. So, but okay. I lost track. <laughs> okay, so we started with we, we were on Winter Classic. Okay. Um we did we did hit the hockey day in Minnesota, so that was that was a good thing. Um it did snow a lot. There was a lot of snow. Um driving home from Mankato, it was kind of uh kind of sketchy at first for a while. The roads weren't really that great, but uh I took my Jeep, so that thing is pretty much snowproof. So we made it back pretty easily. Um, Mankato did a good job at setting everything up. It was pretty much just like the, the football area that they had set up, but they had a lot of little, little booths and little shacks that you could get food and drinks and beer lines were absolutely horrible during the university game for Mankato versus St. Thomas. Um, it was 45 minutes pretty much to get a beer. So it was unbelievably horrible. Um, but that's because they decided, I think they sold, 3,000 more tickets than they had seats. So it was a little over full. People were starting to get upset because they couldn't sit down and the security was telling them they couldn't stand. And they're like, well, we have nowhere to go. They finally opened up another section that was supposed to be just for parents, but then it wasn't full. So they let people go over there. And then after that filled up, then people were sitting on the steps. So nobody could get out. So everyone was just stuck there huddled together watching the game. (laughs) And then everyone left at intermission, and then there was lines forever. But they did a good job. Um, if they wouldn't have sold as many tickets as they did sell, it would have probably been a pretty decent event to be at, um, even with the cold and the snow and even with Mankato beating the absolute crap out of St. Thomas. 
Well, I don't. That's see, that was giving me my criticism of that whole situation was how could they not orchestrate a better matchup? Like I know there's conferences that get involved, and so like, yeah. that becomes an issue. And Mankato's good no matter what. They were the top team in the nation at that time, so they're good. But but regardless, St. Thomas put... is their first year. It's their first year in Division One. They had won two games going into that. Yeah, like it wasn't ever going to be a good game. Yeah, and it, you it, talk about every other Minnesota University team oh, is better than so St. Many Thomas. We talk about yeah, there. So I mean, we could get about. we could get a Frozen Four of Minnesota teams this year. I don't want it to happen because I'm a North Dakota fan, but we could get a Frozen Four of Minnesota teams this year if they get broken down by region, which they won't, because the Loveland region is going to be the region of death. I'm calling it now. Denver, Colorado is going to have probably two or three Minnesota teams in it. Possibly with North Dakota also. North Dakota just needs to start winning and make sure that they actually get in. Correct. Yeah. Right now they're still in pairwise, but they're going to have to. Well, hopefully they swept um, Omaha tonight. And then next weekend, I'm going to Duluth for the Duluth series. So that's going to be fun. Or not next weekend, but the weekend after. Two weekends from now, I'm going to the Duluth series. And that's going to be a huge series. And then Colorado College will be the end of it. And then we go into conference tournaments and it's already up it's going to be close to getting close to tournament time yeah it, it's north dakota definitely needs to recover they haven't had the best uh they haven't had the best seasons for them but like they could get hot in the tournament like i mean they're gonna be missing sanderson for next week for sure yep and i don't know what jet lag is gonna do when he comes back so well, is he negative tested yet? Because he just got COVID. Oh, I have not seen. Yeah, him. yeah. So before he reported for Team USA, he got he tested positive for COVID, and they weren't sure if he was going to travel with the team or not. So he might not even make it for Team USA. I have not seen that. Yeah. But regardless, he can't play for UND if he's tested no. positive either. Yeah, exactly. Though, so. Yeah, either way, he's going to be out. You know, during the Olympic break, anyways. Yeah. So that'll be, be interesting. Um, but yes, USA hockey, actually all the hockey at the Olympics is going to be fun, especially with having the amateurs. So I'm excited about all of that. Yeah, it should be good. Um, let's do a mom question before I forget. And uh, Ashley calls me out on it again on Twitter because she called me out uh, on it last week. Yeah. Um so, Mom, if you're still listening, if you still actually know how to find my podcast, if you still know that I have a podcast, um, hi, it's <laughs> it's your son. Um, I'm here recording live from my house. And Froze. Um, and Froze is here, too. Well, Froze is on the internet, so he's at his house, too. Um, but we got a question for you, and your question this week will be, hey, Mom, what sport do you like to watch in the Olympics? Either summer or winter. It doesn't have to be winter games. It'd be better if it's winter games because they're going on right now. But out of the Olympics, what do you like to watch the best? Or, or if you could give us one for each, that'd be awesome too. So yeah, yeah, that's too. If, if if you are as much of an Olympic freak as I know you are, um, <laughs> which of the sports do you like the best in winter and summer Olympics? Okay, mom, question is done. Nobody hey, can give me crap. Time, but now I'll pose the same question to you. Like, and I'll say each one. What winter and then which summer is your favorite? Okay, event. so win- winter Olympics, 
my favorite event has to be curling. Okay. And my and my summer. Oh, that's a tough one. Summer is. And summer, I just like to watch, just to binge watch. But if I had, ah, uh, uh, it's got to got to be table tennis. Yeah, I love me some ping pong in summer summer games. All right, what about you? Summer games, I'm going because uh, I can't, I can't, I can't go gymnastics because gymnastics is way too easy of a of an answer because we just dominate and it's just fun to watch. But now yeah. swimming for me. For summer, I think it's fun to watch. Like, there's so many surprises, like so many upsets. So I think that's super exciting to watch in the summer. Um, winter, I love curling. I, I don't get me wrong. I would love to say curling, but I can't because all of the snowboarding stuff is so much fun. Probably either half pipe or super pipe would probably be my favorites, but. I gotta go with snowboarding in in okay. winter. Solid choices, definitely solid choices. But yeah, I do last snowboard year, too. So yeah. like, I mean, that does actually factor in a little bit. Yeah, you're kind of biased. Um, yep. But uh, what was it? Swimming last year was kind of cool because there was that Lakeville girl that was in that yep. was going for medals, uh, Reagan Smith. So that was pretty cool to be, you know, having a hometown girl competing for a gold medal. I think swimming is always cool in, in that. Yeah. So mm, definitely. But yeah, I I mean, what are you what are you looking forward to in these Olympics the most? Like with the current set, what you know about this current Olympics, what are you looking forward to? I don't know. These came on kind of fast because I wasn't sure if they were going to happen or not happen. And then we weren't sure if we were sending athletes or not sending athletes. And then it seemed like everything just went according to plan besides the NHL and everything's going through. I kind of am looking forward to seeing what happens in men's hockey. Because there's no NHL guys. There's no NHL guys. Like I I, agree. I, and I'm going to give a plug to my Minnesota wild because I am a Homer. Yeah, I want to see I want to see Jesper Wallstead for Team Sweden completely take over the tournament and stand on his head. Cuz that kid is good and he's good in the Sweden like professional league and he's 19 years old. Well, it doesn't necessarily make you a homer though either. That actually makes you a traitor. Well, as far he as home is in the USA. <laughs> yes. But as far as, as okay, so. Our team so, is Team USA. If you're a homer, it, you're Team USA. <laughs> is it weird that I like the wild better than my country? <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, of course I want USA to win. But like, it would be a cool story to see like one of these other teams come through and have an outstanding tournament. And I mean, not oh, Russia, of course. You because... know how you do this as an American? You say it'd be awesome if one of these other teams would come up and beat the crap out of Canada and get them out of the <laughs> yeah. way so USA has an easier tournament. That's how you All say right. it as an American. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Come on, man. Fair enough. Um, You're better than that. <laughs> well, but here's the thing, though. They're, Canada's in our group. So who cares? I know, but I don't think we're going to get like matched up opposite them in a tournament, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, oh. That was a bad crash. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was rough. 
All right, United States mailing, regardless. Yeah. They'll be wow, good. That, They'll was, be that was a brutal crash, though. Holy. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's let's pivot to NFL playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I've so, got tons to say on them. God, we had a weekend, probably the best football weekend I have ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, easily. I, I don't think you'll ever beat it. <laughs> There's it's no way. Hard. There's no way that it could be better than that. Yeah, I mean, right, they right. all, all of them came down to the last, the, the last play. Every game was won on the last play, which is insane to have that happen for four games. Insane. Well, how many overtimes did we have in the entire playoffs? Because we had one in championship weekend. We well, it was, it was three one, out of four. Three out of three four, out four in the yep. semifinal weekend. Like, mm-hmm. So that's four right there. Oh, for overtime? No, no, no. Um, We had two. That's it? I think so. I think the Bengals were in both. Or not the Bengals, but... uh, Bengals were in one. Bengals were in one. Bills were in one, because Bills and Chiefs were in one. That's where Bills didn't get to touch the ball again. Yep. But the Rams were in one, too, weren't they? Yeah, because the Bucks and Rams. Yep. So three. Yeah, that's an insane three amount overtime. of overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't see yeah. overtime like hardly ever in the NFL. And like no. we're no. getting all over the place in the playoffs. Yeah. Insane. I mean, just like you go from two different games where it's like one team couldn't score or two, the two teams couldn't score versus the other one, the two teams couldn't not score. And just <laughs> oh, and the Packers lost, which makes the whole playoffs worth it. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about how the Packers can't run an offense, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers pretty much will never play for Green Bay again because of that game. Let's let's just talk about like let's start with the Packers game just because it's early enough in the playoffs. Like, and we want to build a story here. How dysfunctional is that franchise? Like. And they they can sit here and talk crap about us nonstop. Yeah, they win games, whatever. They have the best quarterback, like, in the NFL. I mean, as far as physical ability for how many years? And they've gotten one Super Bowl out of it. One. Yeah. yeah. Either, either it makes – I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has two. Let's keep that in mind. Like, I, I – that I mean, yes, it partially is on Aaron Rodgers for being the jackass that he is. But as an organization, how do you not get that jackass to win you another Super Bowl? Yeah, for sure. I just don't get it. Like, and to lose the way that they did, it's not like they lost in a shootout and they were there the whole time. Oh, they lost in an absolute boring, horrible played game. Horrible played game. Probably their worst game of the season. They went down against scored on the first drive, and then that was it. Yeah, I thought it was over after they did that. I was like, oh, here we go. Good luck. Good luck, San Francisco. You guys beat Dallas, but, man, that was the end of it for you guys. What's funny is it was over after that, just mm-hmm. the other way around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. RIP, like, play taps for the Packers. Like, I mean, you guys are done, and you're going to be done for a while because – 
Aaron Rodgers is gone. Where he goes, whether he retires, whether he goes to the Broncos, where he goes, who knows. But yeah, welcome, welcome to the rest of the NFL and how all the rest of us have to deal with it. Yep. You had Favre, you had God, that's crazy. They had Favre and they had Rodgers, and they're gonna come out with only two. With only two. Yep. Yeah, that's that takes a, that takes an organization to do that. That takes yeah. a whole organization to do that. So you can't even blame the the Saints for it the same way because honestly, Drew Brees is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Like the thing that's going to be great though is that when Rodgers goes somewhere else and wins a Super Bowl within two years, oh man, I'm going to love that. Packers fans will just never hear the end of that from me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's one thing that we haven't had for quarterbacks. We haven't really had a quarterback leave us and win a Super Bowl. So that's a good thing. I mean, we haven't picked good quarterbacks, but... We always take everyone's leftovers, so <laughs> exactly. it's kind of irrelevant. They usually worst, retire after us. <laughs> worst case, Keenum playing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he even is. <laughs> yeah, Bridgewater's got the best chance out of all of them right now. And that's not much. That of one. Yeah. Well, not, not when he turns up to be a backup next year. To Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he could get he get ring. It's not it, honestly. Let's let's face it. You're not winning a Super Bowl if you're not starting quarterback. Like, no, if you're the backup. Yeah, you get the ring and everything, but you did win the Super Bowl. Like, you just were there yeah. for it. Yeah, you, you were like someone in the stands that just was lucky enough to be there. And... Yeah, <laughs> some guy dropped his ring and you picked it up. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but yes, gotta... so we start there. Like what other games through the playoffs so far have caught your or have caught? I mean, we can we'll we'll get to the, if if there's nothing before the uh, semifinal week, then just go to semifinal week. But before semifinal week, like I there was some stuff that I thought was pretty impressive. Um, I mean, besides just the endings, like there wasn't like too much that stood out for me besides the the fact that they all came down to the last couple seconds and the Bengals chief game was pretty awesome I like that game um, Patrick Mahomes fine I like I I am so happy that Patrick Mahomes got beat because I just I'm not I'm not a believer in him and the fact that like it's not my quarterback style at all. The fact that he drops back and he turns every single time the wrong way so he can't throw a pass until he does a complete 360, I understand he's going away from pressure because pressure is coming from his strong side, and he turns to go to his weak side. But that right there kills three seconds of time that you could throw the ball, and he's not even looking at his offense because he's looking back in the backfield. Yeah. Like, at least if you're going to turn – turn into your throw so you can actually throw when you're maybe at like, I don't know, 130 degrees, not 190 degrees. He plays scramble offense is all he plays. Like I'm 100% on board with you on this one. Like I do think he is one of the best right now, but I don't think he's going to win many Super Bowls if he continues to play how he plays. No, because he's a scramble first quarterback and he can't see the field that way. 
Well, he's a scramble offense quarterback. Like he likes yeah. to scramble. So like then like, and he's he's good at it right now as far as like he can get enough time where his wide receivers like he's given them enough time to like where there's chaos in the back end where that he's see- able to find someone because of it because they have so much chaos the corners can't stick with those wide receivers it's almost impossible when you have buy that much time but it's it, that's not going to last you cannot continue to do that and the worst part about it is when he doesn't do that, he looks like the best quarterback in the league. When he sits there and does a three-step drop and gives it to Kelsey on a skinny route right in the middle of the field like he did for every single drive at the end of the game, he, it's it's untouchable. But yet he always wants to scramble. And when he doesn't, he stays in the pocket and he reads his wide receivers and he reads his routes and he actually throws the ball where it's supposed to go, he does great. But when he scrambles and tries to make time and tries to make everything into a Hail Mary pass where it's probably a good throw, but nine times out of ten your receiver is going to catch it, but the tenth time that it bounces off his chest and gets intercepted, you lose the game. It's horrible. It's not smart football. And he's young. like you got to so throw the like- ball away too sometimes. He has time to improve. I don't know if he can shake that instinct. But, and I know the guy I'm going to compare him to right now is young. But, man, Joe Burrow, like, that looks like the quarterback that, and just so no one gets this misconstrued, this has nothing to do with color or anything. Like, just Joe Burrow plays the sport because Joe Burrow can run, like, he just, the way he holds the ball, the way he shrugs his shoulders to get out, like, and he's just, like, composed at all times. He looks like the next quarterback. For sure. Like, that's the guy that really impresses me. He's young. It could go another way. He's just been impressive this year on his small sample size. Yeah, um, he, he hasn't done anything yet that shows me that he's not going to be the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, because he's he's won a national championship, he's won a Heisman, and now if he wins on Super Bowl Sunday, he'll be the first person to get all three of them ever to get a Heisman, a national championship, and a Super Bowl trophy for a quarterback. It's insane ever. that no one's ever done that. Ever, I know. Because it feels like someone should have done that. But uh, you're right; that stat is absolutely true. It's just insane that that stat exists that way. Tim Tebow was only two games away from that. So I'm going to say that right now. Yeah, he was never winning those last two games. No, so. no, no. He shouldn't have beaten Pittsburgh anyways, but no. let's say that's fine. <laughs> I still remember that game, too. That was such a fluke throw. <laughs> Actually, the throw is good. It's just a fluke play as far as the fact that Steelers missed that tackle so badly. Like, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm going to see if he is actually the closest to ever get it. I don't know if you're gonna be able to find that information to go for it, though. I don't know if why not. So, so there's 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 a list. I can I can find out who's won the Heisman, right? That's easy. Yeah. Then I can find out which one of those Heisman quarterbacks has won a national championship. Yeah. Also easy. easy. Okay. Then I just look at that quarterback's record in the playoffs. Well, you also just know that quarterback because yes, if they've won the Super Bowl or not. So I'm assuming they're relatively near. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they probably would have made the playoffs, but I'd have to look and see how far they made the playoffs. And I mean, I don't know. It might. (laughs) Tim Tebow might be the closest one so far. 
before Joe Burrow. Well, while you're doing that, like, let's let's go into this Bills Chiefs game because that game might have been the most disappointing game as far as like me as a fan because I really did want the Bills to win that game. And the Bills, let's flat out say they should have won that game. 13 seconds. I don't know how you let a team into field goal range on that amount of time. It it was irresponsible by Bills coaching. Like, Leslie Frazier does not deserve a head coaching job after that debacle. Like, And I feel like there's a reason he doesn't have one with all these coaching interviews. Because... How 13 seconds and you let people wide open. I I just do not understand how the Bills lost that game. Yeah, it was. I hope it was a blown coverage, but I don't know because it was that bad. It was that bad that you let that guy that open, that good of a receiver that open. Dude, it's someone you're supposed to be probably doubling or at least thinking about. Travis Kelsey, like, up the middle? Like, are you just going to let me get that wide open? Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. So I think I found somebody. And funny thing is, is he was a teammate of Tim Tebow. Quarterback Cam Newton. So Cam Newton has won the Heisman. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And he has yeah, won a national you championship. You don't have to rub that one in. And he's we... three and three in the playoffs. So he, I don't know if he won, if he made it past the first round though. No, Cam Newton made it to a Super Bowl. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah, okay. because he lost to the Broncos. Okay. All right. So there we go. So Cam Newton is That's the closest. The, the closest so far, but Joe Burrow, um, if he wins, will be. Better than Cam. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that there is only 15 players to win the Heisman and the national championship. And there is eight quarterbacks to do it. It doesn't surprise me on that. Nine, including Joe Burrow. Nine, including Joe Burrow. I wouldn't mind if Joe Burrow did. Oh, that's same season. So there's probably oh. a few more quarterbacks. This is only same season, so never mind. There's probably a lot more that have done it throughout their career because Tebow didn't do it in the same season. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Like, I feel bad for the Bills fans, but I feel like the Bengals made it right in a way. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, but yeah, it should be good. Um, Super Bowl pick. Let's go for it. So we know that the Bengals and the Rams are in the Super Bengals, Bowl. Rams, yep. Yep. It's going to be in the Rams stadium, but the Bengals are the home team. Yeah. Because it alternates every year. So the Bengals are the home team, so they get home team advantage in the Rams stadium. So that's cool. Which there's um, not really much home team advantage no. in the NFL, so. The Bengals get to wear their sick black jerseys, and the Rams get to wear their sick throwback jerseys. So it's a jersey matchup that I love. So it's going to be a good one there. Give me visually uh, appealing. I actually like the the Bengals white jerseys, to be honest with you. So, well, that's too bad. Then you don't get to see them. No, 
Well, they're not wearing the black jerseys and black pants either. They're wearing black jerseys and white pants. I don't yeah. care for that either. Yeah. If they're all black, that that's cool. But mm-hmm. And starting next year, they can do black helmets too if they want. Because yes. the helmet rule starts next year. Yes, I'm excited and for I, the helmet. And rule. I didn't realize I didn't realize that until I saw the stupid uniforms of the Washington Commanders. I, um, you say stupid, like okay, no, put this on the sidebar. Let's talk about Super Bowl, and then we'll come back to the Commanders. Okay, Super Bowl. We could have a conversation on that whole situation. But we let's could have a whole episode with, on that thing. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about Super Bowl right now. Okay, Super Bowl. Okay, let's go with your picks. Uh, my pick. So. How I see the game is uh, with the Bengals defense or Bengals offensive line versus the defensive line of the uh, Rams and with Jalen Ramsey back there in the secondary, it it's going to be tough for the Bengals. I think that they, they definitely have an advantage or the Rams have an advantage really on that side, and that might be enough to decide the game. With that said, I'm going to say 24-21 Bengals. Reason for that is because I believe Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are going to be enough. And I think Stafford, as much as this pains me to say, I think he's going to make a couple really bad mistakes where I don't think Joe Burrow are going to make those mistakes. Like, I think it comes down to quarterback mistakes, and I think Joe Burrow will make less. So, 24-21 Bengals. Okay, I've got you there on 24-21. I am also going to take the Bengals, and I'm going to take the Bengals at 31-24. I like your score better as far as fun. Right? <laughs> a little more interesting of a game. I, I hope it's um, closer to your score than mine. <laughs> you know, but I like your score because you picked a three-point game, and goddamn, every game's going to be a three-point game this whole playoffs. Well, and I also, there was a three-point, it's because the actual betting line in Vegas right now is three and a half, so there's that hook. The hook always yeah. kills you. I've got them at four right now. Oh, damn. It's yeah, I've got uh, Rams favorite at four. Rams at four, um, and okay, so we have the over under at forty eight and a half. What did we pick? You? I'm at forty five. You picked the under. So, yeah, we both the picked under. the under. Okay, so we both are on the under. All right, now let's go with another prop bet here. Let's make this fun because it's a fucking Super Bowl. First person to score. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. All right. And I'm going to go with that Florida kicker, whoever he is. So, since he's kicker. Oh, yeah, McPherson. Yeah, McPherson. That's my first score. <laughs> it's going to start out slow. In the second half, they're going to come out blazing. All right, there we go. So, we got our prop bets, we got our unders, and we got our scores. So, we're good with that. No, no, we still got more. Super Bowl MVP. Ooh, MVP. Okay, I'll go first since you went first on the last yep. one. My MVP is going to be Jamar Chase. 
Okay, well, since we both picked the Bengals to win, we I feel like we both have to stay on that team as far as our MVPs, but I'll go Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. I, I thought about Mixon for a second because he could break this thing open. Dude, Super Bowl MVPs are so weird sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just like you don't see them coming and they just they just oh, have a game to remember. It's so often a cornerback that just like yep. he makes the key pick. Yep. Yeah, or it's the last like fourth and goal play, and the running back comes in. It's like, yep, he won it. He won the game for us. Wait, Marshawn Lynch could have until they decided to throw the ball in. Ouch! That's brutal. That is so brutal. I like the picks. Yeah, and there is part of me that is really just hoping the Bengals win, like because it's it's. It's a gut feeling that I think the Bengals are going to win because the Rams should win. Realistically, they should win yeah. just with the team they have built. They're stacked, and, they're, and, they're, and they went all in for a Super Bowl, and this is their year to do it. And they're the they have home no team. draft picks. They have no draft picks for the next ten years. And they're a home team too. Like they're yeah. in LA, and uh, I mean, let's face it, like it's LA. Like all the celebrities have the money to actually get tickets. Tickets so, are going for ten thousand dollars at least right now. Yeah, so it's like they're gonna, the Rams are going to have a home field advantage for the first time all year. Yep, <laughs> I want that to be <laughs> actually noted. First time all year yeah. they are going <laughs> to have a home field advantage. Yeah. It's in the Super Bowl of all things. Yep, exactly. But I, I really, it's just my gut says is it's too obvious that it's going to be the Rams. I, I. If the Rams do win, so how, how would you feel if the Rams won? I'm fine with it. Like I am happy for both teams. When they when I saw that they both made it, I was like, you know who wins this game? The fans. Because this is a great matchup. And I, I'm fine. I'm fine if both teams win. I know that you don't like OBJ. I know that that's your one bugaboo on the Rams right now. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but man, Matt Stafford. Is there another quarterback that deserves this? From all of the shit that he's went through being in Detroit, uh, than Matt Stafford, man. Besides Kirk Cousins, so <laughs> I'm gonna try. Like, I have a complicated thought, and I'm not really sure how to vocalize. Or, or it, actually, so I'm do my best. Or actually, Matt Stafford's wife deserves this because she's the one that's been probably more stressed about it than anybody. So, does Matt Stafford deserve it because he was in the abyss and in a terrible freaking place, like with his great talent? No, he doesn't. Like that doesn't earn you a Super Bowl. Like, do I feel bad for him that he was there? And did he get his talents wasted? And does he deserve a shot? Absolutely, he doesn't deserve Super Bowl because of it, though. So he deserves the opportunity to be on a team that could win a Super Bowl, which he got. Yep, that's what I'm talking so, about. So I'm not going to say he deserves it, a Super Bowl win. He deserved a chance to be on a team that could win a Super Bowl, and now he's got that. So now Correct. it's up to him. Because like, how many Super Bowls could he have won in his career if he was on a competitive team? Yeah, maybe multiple. We yeah, don't know he could have been he, ba- he could have been battling he could have been the Peyton Manning battling Brady, right? But we never know yeah, because sure. he wasn't. So like he might 
still on a good team, he might have been throwing a ton of interceptions. He's done that on the Rams, to be honest with you. Yeah. So does he deserve the Super Bowl? No. Does he deserve to be on the team he's on, though? Absolutely. Yeah, he deserves to win. He deserves to be on a winning team. Would I feel bad if he won? Hell no. Like, I would love to see him win a Super Bowl. I would love to see some lion get the hell out of Detroit and actually (laughs) win something. Yep. And on a a Super Bowl where basically it's a Detroit Super Bowl halftime show. I I just don't know. Like, well, it's very much an LA one with like a little Detroit flair. Yeah. Because Snoop Dogg, Trey, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J, they're all LA. Eminem's the only Detroit guy, but... Yeah. Hey, it's the closest Detroit's ever been to the Super Bowl, so... My favorite meme was, hey, they're (laughs) going to be playing a football game at the uh, Trey and Snoop Eminem concert. Yep. (laughs) The opening and closing act of the Eminem concert. Yeah. But how cool is that? Like, I understand, like, can we get an uncensored version, though, like, online? Because that's the con- that's the concert I want to hear. <laughs> no, but like there should be like you should be able to buy like pay per view to listen to it uncensored, <laughs> and I would do it. I would pay for it because it would be worth it. Because you know it's going to be you know bleeped out a lot or just edited a lot, so it's not so it's at least PG. But man, <sighs> Eminem has not performed in forever, and when he does, it's like surprise shows. So, like, he hasn't been on tour or concerts or anything promoted in forever. And now yeah. he gets to be out there with Dre and Snoop Dogg. Insane. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I'm more excited about halftime show than I am about the game. <laughs> right. Like, which yeah. is the first time ever I've been that way. But mm-hmm. it's in, in Seagull Smith. I, I was talking to a guy today, and he was talking about the halftime show, and he, like this dude's probably at least five to ten years older than me. Yep. And he's like, well, "These guys were my generation." Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? <laughs> I feel like they're kind of my generation more than yours. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on when you count generations. I, like, I mean, you were like we were your, we were pretty you were young twenties. We I guess yeah. I was in my like yeah teens. We were younger, so I mean, it was like the beginning of our generation and the end of his. So yeah, I guess that could be, definitely could. But I mean, if you're 30 to 40, easily, this is your wheelhouse. This is, this is LA rap. This is straight out of Compton. This is, I mean, God, it's just, oh, it's awesome. NWA type of stuff. And yeah, it's legit. And then you add Eminem and all of his stuff and... I mean, who's going to be there? Is Eminem going to be there? Is Marshall going to be there? <laughs> you know, is Slim going to be there? Like, who knows? Is D12 going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Uh, the only person that I think would actually show up that I could see being there that's going to be a surprise, if someone it shows up as a surprise, would be Fitty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But... Okay, so we got Super Bowl down. We talked about halftime. Yep. We talked about predictions. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, because we need to talk about it. So, wrestling. 
AEW says they're breaking the forbidden door again this week. Yes. Um, there's been a lot of hints at Prediction. this for... Oh, man. I was just talking to a buddy about this just maybe uh, three hours ago, I think. Okay. And our, our most obvious one is Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. That's the most obvious one. Yeah, the most... Him, though. The, the next obvious one, because of who it's against, and it's a ladder match, is Jeff Hardy. Because that. he's going against Isaiah Cassidy, who's in the Hardy family business. And I yeah. see a heel turn by Matt Hardy to go back with the Hardy brothers. That's that's where I see it. That's yeah. that's what I think is the most obvious. And the most surprising one would be Shane McMahon. And I actually <laughs> think that could absolutely happen. Yeah, because it's a free agent and it's a forbidden door. And Shane McMahon just, for some reason, got released, released himself. I don't know what the hell happened because he booked himself for Royal Rumble as like a see you later type thing. Like he was a big FU to all of WWE is what he did for Royal Rumble. Well, and he does have like, it's actually documented that he is not good with the family. No. Well, they were talking. They do not get along. Him and Hunter don't get along. Like. There was a thing on Kayfabe News, and Kayfabe News is all fake, of course, because it is. It's like the onion. But they were saying that since Shane still owns WCW, that he was going to bring WCW back as the third night for AEW. Oh, that'd be sweet. I know, right? (laughs) Because AEW was getting all these guys, and it's like they've filled their two nights roster already. And then make a brand that's that quote-unquote competes with AEW, but they're owned together and they're in an agreement together and yeah oh i also thought matt cardona but he's doing so good in gcw he's never leaving there well the only reason i didn't think matt cardona because like I, matt cardona would leave for AEW. i believe he totally would because he, he has before have, well, <laughs> and he doesn't have to leave because he can yes. t- continue because moxley's in gcw like yeah so the only reason I didn't think it was Matt Cardona is because he's not a forbidden door guy. And he's not a free agent. But he kind of is. I mean, he's an yeah. indie wrestler. Like, yeah, because, I mean, it could no be, you know. door on that, though. Like, you no. have to steal someone. And yeah. they're not, AEW's not no. stealing if it's from any of the indie companies. They're no. only stealing if it's from WWE. Yeah, like, Will Ospreay could come over, but that's nothing. Danhausen just came over, and that's not a steal. That's right. not a forbidden exactly. door. Exactly. You know, I mean, all that's these this, this one guys from New Japan can come over, but it's not a it's not a forbidden door because exactly. they brought over New Japan. It has to be WWE. It that's the forbidden door. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. Because if, like, if it's Jeff Hardy, that's going to be insane. I think that I actually that's where I go to. That's what I think it's going to be. Well, do you see the picture of Isaiah Cassidy for the booking? Like, it's like him versus a blank opponent or whatever. But he's doing, like, the Jeff Hardy. Like, he's got his head in the air and his hands out. I'm like, oh. I, I, that's just definitely where I'm leaning. Mm-hmm. Either way, Wednesday's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just either like Friday way, was. Either way, Holy AEW crap. Did you, over. did you see MJF versus Punk yet? Uh, no, I haven't. God damn. Dude, okay. Um, I know JF wins, so like awesome you can match. just tell me how the match goes. Like awesome I'll watch match. it regardless, it, but I know MJF wins. So MJF wins. There's a 
almost a disqualification. MJF cheats the first time to win. Okay. Then they do a restart, and then they get oh, back yeah, in. Restart even. And then they restart the match because they, they caught MJF cheating. And then it goes into full fucking, they're just beating the hell out of each other. And then MGF steals a steals another win. Dude, that's kind of awesome, though, that Punk can actually get in himself Chicago. into a match like that. In Chicago, he, he puts over MJF. That's awesome. Yeah. No, Punk is, Punk is definitely a class act. <sighs> Dude, and he does not look old. Like, when he was wrestling MJF, I couldn't tell who was the older wrestler by how they were, like, working off of each other. Like, it's not like... Yes, you can tell sometimes when they're the older wrestlers are in there and stuff like that. But for him, like he hasn't missed a step. And then Danielson had a good uh, a good showdown too. So that was a good another good part of Friday. Yeah, Brian Danielson's he's top tier. Like that guy, he's a wrestler and he's class act. It's even when he's a a villain, like the dude's a class act. Yep. He he had a great line when he was talking to the fans about he had a proposal that he gave out or whatever. And God, it was probably the best idea I've ever heard that probably has been pitched to WWE a hundred times, but they've never ran with it. But he came out with this pitch and he had everyone eating out of his hands. He's like, see, you guys may not like me, but you agree with every single word I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, AEW just can't. They they're just not doing anything wrong right now. Like no, they're they just can't not. Miss. And with Mox back, that helps them too. Like it's it's fantastic. It's and GCW. Like how is GCW like one of the biggest talked about wrestling federations right now? Like and they're they just perform in tiny ass places. Other than Hammerstein, which was still isn't huge. Like, man, did Matt Cardona, like, actually make GCW the shit? Like, yeah, their last event, their last event was gold. Like, every match that was on that last event was absolute gold. And then they had old timers showing up and they had WWE people show up and Hornswoggle showed up and then Marco Stunt showed up. And it was just, it was just perfect. Like, everything they're doing there is just right. And it's everything that, like, indie wrestling should be right now. Well, and it's great how Matt Cardona, like, is what he is at this point. Like, I, I do believe we need to give him, like, legit shout-out. Like, Matt Cardona changed GCW by himself. He's doing what Cody did to AEW. Yeah, like, he yeah. came in and, like, he said, I'm going to buy you a ring aprons. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm going to perform here, it's going to look good. And then, like, Mox comes in. Like just to do some shows, like, and it's man, it's just been different. Like it's, yeah. and Matt Cardona like is not, he's not Zack Ryder. No, no, he's Matt Cardona. Yeah, Zack Ryder was woo woo woo, and Matt Cardona is fuck you, fuck everyone. Like <laughs> he comes I'm, out to enter enter Sandman like Sandman in ECW in an ECW venue. Comes out with the kendo stick in the beer. Wears a plaid jacket that says "fuck Mick Foley,", Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mick Foley responds, and he's like, "He's like, I appreciate everything that he's doing for the sport, and fuck Zack Ryder." 
<laughs> and he gives a little wink. I'm like, oh, Mick Foley, you're brilliant. Dude, it's, uh, I don't know who got in Zack Ryder's ear. Or Mark, Matt Cordona. That's Zack Ryder, man. Like, that's that's Matt Cardona. That's, that's what he could have been if WWE let him fly. I just don't know what got him to do it, is what I'm saying. Like, because... Because he was Freedom. out of WWE for a little bit before, like, all of a sudden, like... He well, just... he was in AEW still being Zack Ryder, pretty much. He was Matt Cardona, but he was nothing. There was no persona. There was no personality. He was pretty much... Uh... Well, it didn't come out until his death match. Yeah. The death match is what put him on the map and changed his whole career trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. Trajectory. <laughs> Pow. Yeah. <laughs> It just changed everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one match changed his life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, Matt Cardona is like, the hats off to Matt Cardona. Um, Paps Blue Ribbon and everything that it supports. Chelsea Green. Love Chelsea yep. Green. Yeah, she did a double heel turn. <laughs> she, yep. she turned on Matt Cardona and then she turned on Nick Cage. So it's awesome. Yeah, insane. Okay, last thing. Very last okay. thing for Yeah, we, for we are night. we are a long episode this episode. Yeah, but we had a lot going on and <laughs> yeah. we do have to talk about one last thing. It was something monstrous that happened while we have been off air. Um and I wanna start off by saying thank you to number twelve and his great career. Um I did not see it coming. But we appreciate everything Tom Brady did in his years upon years, his seven Super Bowls, his twenty-eight to three comeback, his almost comeback against the Rams. Um, Tom Brady bringing us Gronk. Like I, we have to cheers to Tom Brady on a great career and. Uh, best quarterback of all time, the best athlete of all time, and we got to watch his entire career. I remember watching his first Super Bowl win in your basement uh, of your parents' house (laughs) when we were in high school. Um, Same year of 9-11. So, Tom Brady, you got a special spot with us. Uh, Cheers to Tom Brady. Cheers to the GOAT. Tom Brady, everybody. Tom Brady. All right, cool. Yeah, um, that was crazy. Like, I had an idea that he was going to retire only because what he said after his press conference. And he was saying that he was thinking about his family and, you know, stuff about Giselle and stuff about his kids. And I was like, okay, he may not be done, but there's the reason why he could be. There is something else there. He has, he has nothing left to prove, period. He shows that it was all him. He went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl with a team that he basically handpicked. So yeah, he, he had nothing else to prove. He was, you know, he, he could come on and probably win three more Super Bowls if he played for five more years. But it's also the fact of he's also not been injured really that much throughout his career. And if he did get injured, would he regret coming back for a season if he had an ACL injury or something like that or CTE or something like that? You know, you never know. So what says a lot about Tom Brady's character and I – because I heard one line, and he had an interview. I want to say it was on his. I want to say it was on his own show, on Sirius. 
Like after it wasn't before he had retired yet. But you have one line that actually said it all to me, and it's it says something about his character. Tom Brady did not want to leave. Tom Brady did not want to retire. The thing that he said that said it all to me was it's not always about what I want. And when he said those words, it meant he wants to still play. Yep. But his family does not want him to still play. And he 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 is thinking about his family. So it's a very commendable thing for him because he he definitely thought about his family. Like because that line in itself says he doesn't want to he wants to play. Like he wants to continue to play. Yeah. And then they showed the picture of him right after retirement. Like the literally first picture they got of him after he retired was him carrying the hockey bags of his kid going to hockey practice. It's like, okay, he gets to be a dad now. He gets to be a husband now. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady the GOAT right now. And he deserves it. He doesn't want to be that. No, for sure. I I think that's like one of the most important things to think about is like that Tom Brady was not done. If Tom Brady was single and just in life by himself, Tom Brady would be playing again. And he would be trying to win our Super Bowl and possibly win our Super Bowl. It's Tom Brady thought about his family more than he thought about himself. Like he put his family above himself. It's pretty commendable. Yeah, for sure. But so, yeah, good, good on him and what a career and nobody will ever be as great. Yeah. No matter what. No, not a chance. And what a way to end our show. Like, it's a good way to end it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Thank good time you, Tom to end Brady. It. Thank you, Tom Brady. Thank you to everyone who's listening. If you've made it this far, you are almost on the two-hour mark. So um, thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for listening. Once again, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Only nine of you, though. And um, Jerry's mom, you better have made it this far. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better have made it this far. So um, our Twitter is at Podcast. We have a Facebook group, the Norm Green Still Sucks Podcast. We have Instagram, kind of, at Norm Sucks Podcast. Um, yeah, hit us up. Talk to us. Send us tweets. Send us DMs. Whatever. Send us funny dog memes. I don't care. Like, we're totally open to converse with anybody who wants to. Um, and, yeah, I appreciate everything that's going on. At J. Rose Real. At Frogs. Definitely, yeah. Hit us up. Like our stuff. We are very open. Like, you want to conversate about anything you heard in our podcast? We definitely love to talk about it. We'll even put you on a show, actually, if you have good opinions. So, yeah, exactly. Because all right now, the the bar is not Mike Madonna. Right now, the bar is Joe. So the bar is set pretty low. <laughs> so we we can definitely put you on the podcast um, as long as you're better than Joe. So uh, we got that going on. Uh, Joe, as if you're still listening, our only listeners. <laughs> we, and we just lost Joe. One fifty nine forty seven. We lost him. Um, yeah, but thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, when we come on next time, we can talk about what was going on in Olympics, talk about what happened in Super Bowl, maybe still have pre-Super Bowl stuff. Who knows what's going on? Maybe talk about the coach coming in, talk about Viking stuff. Um, but we will going become, about coach. We will become yeah. more consistent now that uh, things are starting to sell in. So Yeah, yeah, we've got more of a consistent schedule now. Um, Christmas and New Year's was kind of crazy. 
Um, before that, I had COVID for the second time. Um, I didn't go to the hospital this time. I didn't almost die this time, but I did have a little bit of a cold for about a week and a half. So, um, yeah, I got COVID again. So, but whatever, it happens. Um, but hopefully we'll be more consistent with episodes and recording and being on Twitter and talking to you guys. Um, and I do have one thing. We were talking about coaching vacancies and everything like that. I need to play the theme song to my favorite football coach. All right, Froze, you know the show? Yeah, Coach. It's Coach. Minnesota State. Minnesota (laughs) Eagles or whatever. Minnesota State Eagles. They are put them on the mat, which I have no idea what Minnesota State Eagles is. It's a combination of everything. It's a little bit of Minnesota. It's a little bit of Crookston. It's a little bit of Mankato. (laughs) It's it's kind of all of the Minnesota schools together. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Coach and probably one of the funnier TV shows in its time. Right up there with Cheers. I remember I watched those guys like back-to-back pretty much. Yeah, I love the show. Absolutely. For sure. Good show, good football show. This was right. a good show for us, I feel like. Um, I hope that all you guys made it through, through it, that you're going to listen. But, uh, Throat, I think we're out. I think we're out. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you again on the Norm Green Still Sucks podcast. Bye. Later. I want to thank everyone for checking out our podcast. Look forward for more episodes. Also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Norm Sucks Podcast. Thank you. Have a good day.